You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Welcome to the Video Marketing Podcast. I am Matt Johnston. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you as always. Today, we're going to talk Pinterest. And yes, we're going to talk video on a, we're going to talk Pinterest on a video podcast. And a lot of people don't often think about that. And uh, I totally understand that. Every time that I look around the room, I teach college, every time I look around the students and I say, who's on Pinterest? And all the guys look at the girls and all the girls look at each other and they giggle. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're all on Pinterest. But I think that as Jeff, Jeff C, who's with us today, is going to tell us probably that Pinterest has a much wider reach than people think. And the opportunities to use Pinterest in your business are most likely, I'm expecting Jeff, you're going to tell us that they are very underutilized. Um, Jeff, uh, he's an international speaker, visual marketing consultant. He does Pinterest, Instagram. He's a live video guru. I don't want to call you a guru. Who wants to be called uh, a guru? Yeah, but you're a live video maestro. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, he, uh, he's the head beard at Manly Pinterest Tips, uh, creator and host of the Manly Pinterest Tips show. Worked and produced visual content for tons of companies, including Social Media Examiner, Tailwind, and Kim Gars. Jeff, thank you so much for being here with us today. Super pumped. Yeah, thanks, man. I was excited to get your email to be on the show. So I'm excited to talk all about uh, Pinterest and video. Yeah, Je Jeff and I had a great conversation before we went on the air here today. Uh, just, just talking about general, uh, video in general, it's clear that we could talk about so many things under the sun when it comes to video. And so uh, maybe we'll have Jeff back sometime. But this, we just said, okay, how about we just pinpoint Pinterest and, and talk about what you can actually do in video on Pinterest how it works and how to actually leverage it and how, how to actually understand the Pinterest platform as a marketer and as a user. I think that that's going to be a really interesting topic. But Jeff, maybe just start off by just telling us a little bit about how you got into this world of video and Pinterest in the first place. Well, I've, I actually started doing video back in the day. I had a, uh, here in Longview, Texas, I had a, like a digital kind of agency. And I remember somebody asked me how long I've been doing video. And I, I think I remember uh, Premiere 2.0. I think it was that back. I remember the the box with it. You know the I think it was mm. any corn on it from a. They used to have numbers. Now they don't yeah, bother. They don't even do that anymore. It's all subscription. <laughs> but I remember I remember doing that, and so I, I started cutting my teeth on Premiere and doing a lot of After Effects work, uh, when and doing a lot of uh, motion graphics for companies and doing commercials and long form video, and then I started to tell my clients they needed to be on this social media thing. And I thought, well, maybe I ought to be on it too since I'm telling all my clients this. And so mm. I started doing that. I wrote a blog uh, on my company website and I wrote this article. I was, I was driving back from, um, gosh, I can't remember where, but I was listening to the Social Media Marketing World uh, with Mike Stelzner, his uh, podcast, and it was all about Pinterest. And there's this lady on named Cynthia Sanchez and talking about how Pinterest drove so much traffic to her website. I thought, man, that's what I need. I need some traffic. And so I went on that and I started using it. And people know what Pinterest is. It's like a visual marketing. It's a visual pin board where you pin images and they link back to the most of the times the original uh, piece of content. And I thought, man, this is cool. I should try this. And I did it and it started working. And so I wrote this article. I wrote this article, Manly Pinterest Tips Number One, Sharing a Secret Board with My Daughter. And so it was about how I, we had the secret board no one else could see. And that I would, my daughter would pin like crafts she wanted to do or like recipes she wanted to cook or something. And it was a little thing we did. And I wrote an article about it. Well, it took off. It went crazy. 
So then I did mainly Pinterest tips number two is about something else and kind of went through there. And back in those days, this is, this, I started on Google Plus and they had these Google Plus Hangouts where it was like live video and you could invite people on and talk. And somebody said, hey, Jeff, you need to do a, a, a live show called Mainly Pinterest Tips. And I went, well, okay, I'll try it. So I found five other guys who had way more clout than I did, a huge number of followers, and they wanted to do it with me. And so we did the show called Mainly Pinterest Tips. And when we did this, we were able to interview people like Guy Kawasaki. We had the producer of Pretty Woman on. I mean, all these, all these things opened up to do it. So that took off. And so then I eventually launched it as a, uh, my own show. I decided to grow a beard. I said, well, you know, if it doesn't work, I can always shave it off, but it'll be branding, you know. And that was four, five years ago. So this is how long this, I'm, I'm Rip Van Winkle now. And um, I can't shave it because I would lose my brand. So, um, so I did that and I started getting, and so I uh, was invited to be on Michael Stelzner's uh, Social Media Marketing World podcast. And so I did that. He liked it. Then he had me come to a virtual conference. Then he said, hey, Jeff, why don't you run our Pinterest for us over at Social Media Marketing World uh, mm. Examiner? I went, okay. And then I started speaking. So I've been speaking there at the conference and it's a huge conference for like the last uh, four years. Um, I'm still, uh, they're one of my biggest clients. I do uh, all their Instagram and I run their live show for them. And yeah, so it all goes back to this little um, little show that I did on Google Plus and started a podcast called Manly Pinterest Tips. And that's what, how it started. So it did start with video, even though uh, it was it was primarily Pinterest, where yeah. no nobody really thought about video. Really, they still don't think about video on oh. Pinterest. And the funny thing is, so I went to Pinterest because you know I knew I couldn't. There was no you know I couldn't be like Jay Bear, who's big you know big social media guy, or Michael Stelzner. I had to find my own thing. And I was like, you know, and everybody thought that Pinterest was for women because it was all you know. If you would go in the feed, then it was like all these hair braids and nail art and you know anything in a mason jar. And I was like, but it's driving traffic. And I was like, you know, there's, I can kind of play this mainly Pinterest tip thing. And I only had one woman email me who was mad. They said, she said, get off my platform. <laughs> so that was, that was only the one, one person who was upset about it. But it was kind of tongue in cheek and it, it worked for, for me as a, as a brand. And the thing about Pinterest is it's the biggest driver of long-term traffic out there. So, you know, you think about you post up mm. on Facebook it goes away. You post it on Twitter, it's gone in like 10 minutes. Pinterest shelf life is like three months. I'm, but I still have pins that I, when I first pinned that are horrible looking, that still drive traffic back to my website. So what people do is they repin, you know, the pin that you put up there, especially, so I have, I'll create a pin and it's about a blog post or a piece of video and it points back to my website. So the more you pin your content, the more of those like I kind of like think of a, you know, a funnel coming back to my site. So, and Pinterest loves fresh pins and they do, there's nothing wrong with um, creating multiple different images for the same piece of content. And so once you can wrap your head around that and say, instead of just always cranking out content all the time, maybe I should just create new images for those that content sets works. And it just, it just kind of snowballs. And after a while you really, a lot of my friends, you know, they get all their traffic from Pinterest. I mean, it even beats, you know, organic Google search. So that can be really powerful. Mm. 
Interesting. So why don't you just talk us through the Pinterest platform just a little bit more. Um, some people may that, that are listening may completely understand Pinterest. Some may not understand it at all. I've spent a decent amount of time on Pinterest and I, I still need what you're going to tell me right now because it does get a little bit confusing. There, right. the, and, and the thing with Pinterest is there is the basics right. about you pin stuff and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then there's this whole world of like group boards and tailwind and like all of these things. So just yeah. start from scratch maybe a little bit and just tell us how Pinterest works from a base level. Yeah. So you, you're pinning images to a board. And so you can have multiple boards. People can follow your entire account or they can follow just a single board. So like I have a social media, mar a social media marketing board and I, and I pin social media content to that board or I repin other people's content. So what people do is they go to Pinterest most, and you got to think that I try, I think like a grubby evil marketer, but most people don't think that way. Most people are just going there to, you know, get inspired. And that's what Pinterest, their founders are really, really adamant on that. Listen, this is not a social network. This is a visual discovery engine and it's there to be inspired. So one of the things is Pinterest doesn't have the negative aspects is a lot of the other platforms. Um, there's no fake news really on it. You don't see like your you know, niece's piano recital that you really didn't want to ever see because it was a big waste of time on Facebook. But it's really, I mean, it's, it's just stuff that you want. It's all about you. People are pinning and repinning stuff that matters to them. They go there to inspire. There's been studies done where people actually have Pinterest um, in their hand as they're in Target shopping. So it, it really this end user thing. And so people are going there to be inspired. So when you think of it that way, um, once you are there on Pinterest, you can have multiple boards. So like I said, I had a social media marketing board. I have maybe a, uh, you know, a Pinterest tips board. And so when I create content, I'll pin it to one of those boards. Um, but I'll also maybe the next day pin it to a, another board that's relevant. So it's not just kind of set it and forget it. It's this constant churn because you look at the home feed and it's kind of like Twitter sometimes it's there's so much content, but it's all people. It's all. And what, what makes up your home feed? Like if you just go to Pinterest, what are you it's, looking at? There, the algorithm is finding stuff that you have pinned before and thinks you might like back mm. in the day when I started, it was like every other platform. It was all based on, you know, just your followers and it was all timeline. It was based on, you know, what was newest and freshest. Now it's the algorithm and the search and what you're interested in is really important and Pinterest is serving that up to you. So now are you getting followers there or are you largely? Yeah. So you get followers. Um, like I said, two ways you can have them follow specific boards. Like I have some like barbecue boards cause it fits under the manly Pinterest tips brand. And some people may say, Hey, I just want Jeff's, you know, I don't care about his social content, but I really like his stuff. He's posting about barbecue. So I'm going to follow that board specifically, not his entire account. But a lot of times mm. people go, I like everything Jeff C. I'm going to follow all of it. And so that plays into the algorithm. And so when you post new content, people who are following you with all of this, you know, the super secret Pinterest engineering stuff, that content may be served to them because they're following you. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And okay. how does discovery usually happen? A lot of times people search. Some people just don't ever search. They look at their home feed and it's trained enough that they really like it. Pinterest has recently added some things where you can actually even which is really cool compared to some of the other networks is you can train it. Like, I don't want to see stuff like this. 
you know, I don't want to see this, or this is, you know, this is not relevant to me. And it'll start by just, do you actually click this? Is there like questions you can answer? Yeah. You can say, I don't, you know, I don't want to see this kind of content and it'll, Mm. the algorithm will start learning and like, it's really good. And it, um, so the reason they did this, so let's say you're, um, you're getting ready to get, get married. And so you've been pinning all this, you know, marriage stuff and all this stuff, but then you get married and you're done. You don't want to keep mm. seeing that stuff. And so they allow you to, to train it so you don't see that anymore. Um, and it's really tailored for you. So it's very, very cool how they're really trying to serve up the end user. Mm, that's very smart. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you've ever logged into Pinterest's, uh, Pinterest's <laughs> uh, advertising, <laughs> advertising platform uh, for, for, for paid advertising, you'd see that it's set up much more like Google than it is set up like Facebook. It's much more based on search terms. Can you expand a little bit about, uh, about that? Tell me a little bit about how discovery works via search, because that seems to me well, you have a very big opportunity. Yeah, you have searches and interest. So it's almost yeah, like yeah. when I'm trying to come up with ideas or ways to, you know, uh, come up with new content to put on Pinterest is I'll do the same thing. It's like you do Google, you start typing something and you see what auto completes. That's a great way to see, you know, use their search that you have on Pinterest as well. Um, one of the things you mentioned, uh, promoted pins, and this is something that no other platform has. So let's say you have a specific pin you're driving traffic to a specific product and you're running this campaign for six weeks. So mm-hmm. you're paying for every time somebody, you know, clicks on your uh, pin or saves it. The thing is, is once that's done, once it's been saved, if somebody else saves that from their board, you're not charged for it. And even when your campaign is done, that's, that pin doesn't go away. That's still out there. And so you get almost like double bang for your buck when you're doing a, you know, a paid promoted pin campaign on Pinterest. So it's really, really cool. And I don't think anybody else has that. And a lot of people don't think about that. So it's like, man, I can really maximize my return on investment with this, this kind of strategy. Yeah. Why does it work so well for, because you mentioned before that it works really well for long tail, right? How does that operate? Um, It's all based down to search. I mean, it's just like anything else. You can have really broad categories, you know? And so, um, so I try to, I do a mix of, um, you know, trying to do some really specific keywords and then also interest. So you can target by interest on Pinterest. So they're coming up with, when they first started, it was, it was, we're all used to Facebook and, or, you know, Google ads and how, you know, granular you can get. It's not as, it's not there yet. It's getting that way and they're continuing to make improvements on it. So sometimes you're a little, um, you feel a little handcuffed to, to about targeting but they're, they're, they keep offering more and more. You can upload your list and target to those lists that people on Pinterest. And so, and you can start doing custom audiences kind of like Facebook does. So it's very, very cool. I am not the expert on promoted pins. My friend, uh, Elisa Meredith, who's on the Tailwind show with me, she is just like a master of it. So I like, whenever I have a question, I'm like, what, what? I'll ask Elisa um, because she's so good. But it really is, um, if you're getting frustrated with Facebook ads and you want to like try some budget somewhere else, Pinterest may be something that you ought to look at putting some funds towards. And, and this, this actually gets to us into sort of who should be on Pinterest as we sort of transition into video. I mean, right. so j- just like any platform, it's good for some businesses, not so good for other businesses. What types of businesses do you think that it, uh, it, it works best for? 
And so one time I said on a show, I said, well, I think Pinterest is, is for everybody except for maybe like uh, undertakers, you know, or, you know, <laughs> homes. and I had people email me and say, no, they could do grief counseling. They could do this. and this Oh, and right. No, and it's so, good for undertakers. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So it's everybody. So um, I don't say that anymore. So, you know, I think it does do better uh, for, you know, especially visual kind of based or product based. I mean, there's people are killing it on Etsy and, you know, some of the other, you know, makers are doing really well over there. But I, I've seen financial planners, real estate people do well over there. Um, I think really if, if you're, if you can put the time in it and it, for some reason people get, get hung up on Pinterest because I think they have to make a tall size pin. And I think that freaks them out. They're tired of making all the different graphics for all the different networks. Um, but if you can get your mind around that, I think you at least try it. I mean, it doesn't, it's free to set up a business account. It's free to, to go on Pinterest. So, you know, give it some time. It takes a little t more time to get it going, but once it goes, I mean, it's just kind of, like I said, it snowballs and you continue to get traffic coming in from those pins that you have put out there. And I do want to talk about, um, sort of best practices around pinning. I, I, I just right. I just want to make sure that everybody that out there that's listening to this is, is able to just start right away with this if they wanted to start pinning. But I do want to talk about video a little bit first. So if we were to go into this specific video side of it, I know that even during the time that I've been following what Pinterest has been rolling out, they've changed their video formats available. Do you know what's out there now and, and how you can optimize for it? Yeah, so um, for a long time, Pinterest lets you embed video, like uh, Vimeo or YouTube video. So like I had uh, mm. some clients where I could, I had a whole board that was just YouTube videos where people could see it and they could watch inside of Pinterest. They didn't have to leave the platform. And the cool thing is it counted as a video view over on YouTube. So all the YouTubers were happy about that. Um, but recently they added this thing called video pins. And the best way I can describe it is I call them like Harry Potter pins, because if you remember in the Harry Potter movies, when you'd open up those newspapers, it would be movement going, you know, you'd see stuff happening on the page. And that's what it's like on Pinterest because people are so used to seeing static images when they're scrolling through the feed, all of a sudden pins are moving. There's video. Um, and even, so there's video pins that you could just upload organically. And there's also promoted video pins that I've been seeing a lot of, um, like the, when the Marvel Endgame came out, they would actually take up the first, the, you know, both rows of pins and be almost full size on your screen and play. And so they really capture the eye. So you can upload video now to Pinterest. And so best practices for that, I have found that the square videos or the taller type, you know, nine by 16 images work the best. Um, and the shorter, okay. I think the better. Um, I wouldn't take like an entire YouTube live or a whole um, YouTube video that's seven minutes long or whatever and put it up there. I would probably take clips of that and try to drive them back to either my YouTube channel or to my website where I've got that embedded. But um, so some, um, some like technical stuff about it, it's got to be an MP4, uh, MOV file or M4V. It can only be two gigabytes. Um, the encoding is H.264, H.265. And they say the length is four, it has to be at least four seconds uh, and the cutoff is 15 minutes. And I haven't seen a lot of longer ones that do well. Some of the recipe ones from like Tasty Made or the Food Network, I can understand. I think those do okay. But for most of us, I'd keep it, you know, on the shorter size. And they do, they do do widescreen. You can have square and you can have vertical. I just have found that the square ones or the, the taller nine by 16 ones work the best. 
Now, are these taking up more real estate on our phones? Is that why? Um, so not unless you pay for a promoted pin and you pay for that extra kind of thing. Um, but it's just that they're so visual. When you're scrolling and people see that, people are stopping and clicking on those and looking at those. And the cool thing is they've really recently added a bunch of new stats that you can see. So like I can see how many video views. I'm looking right now at one of my pins, video pins that I put on there. So it's got like 600 video views. Um, uh, it tells me the percentage of 95% viewed, uh, the average watch time, the total watch time, how many close-ups. So that means when they, they've seen it in the feed and they tap on it, that's considered a close-up. And then it tells you how many link clicks you have or how many saves you have. So they've really updated the stats since to tell you what is really working on these video pins. I was going to ask when you say do well versus don't do well, is your main vet, uh, is your main metric for that usually views or are you actually talking about on Pinterest, people actually clicking over to where you want them to go? So it, de it depends on what you're trying to do. So for me, all, almost always it is, I want traffic. That's the whole right. reason on, on, on there. I want traffic back to my website for them to watch it. Some companies just want, you know, views cause they're, you know, they want, they want kind of a, a, uh, oh, I don't know, like uh, engagement or, you know, just to be known, I guess. And so there is some people who want that, but most of the time, and most of the time I tell for my clients, you know, if you're on Pinterest, you're really trying to drive traffic back to your site. That's why I like to tease with the video and make it like, whoa, make them stop in their tracks on the, you know, stopping the scroll and then clicking on that to go back and watch the entire thing or see the product or download my, you know, free download or whatever it is. Um, that's what I'm really trying to do. And then you want to be seasonal too. So that one pin I just told you that I was looking at, it was actually, um, uh, it was a skeleton swinging and it was talking about one of my, you know, my blog posts. And um, I did that because when I pinned it originally, it was on Halloween and the title was five, you know, eight things you need to stop doing on Pinterest and had this like skeleton, you know, kind of, and, but it made people stop, made people look, and then they hopefully would click on my and go back to my blog post and read it. Yeah, I think it's interesting with Pinterest because I, in, in my, I mean, I haven't experimented with it a ton, but in, in our experimentation, we used to get, um, we, we used to do a lot of infographics. And so we would make infographics and they would pin really well, but we found that they would drive fewer traffic because people were just experiencing them on the platform. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of interested to know, like, is there a certain way that you would structure a video on Pinterest to get the results that you would want to get? One of the things that you said right off the bat, I guess, is sort of uh, similar to all platforms. You need, to, you need to have a hook, right? We need to be hitting people over the head in the first three seconds right away. What right. about other than that, structure-wise, in a, in a piece of content? So one of the things you got to remember, so 90, I think it's like 85 to 95 people on Pinterest are on mobile. So it's a mobile-centric platform, and you need to remember that. So that means most of the time, the sound is off. So your video needs to be really, really, um, you know, eye-catching without and, and clickable without sound. So one of the things that I have done with all my, like I'll take a lot of times like YouTube lives or, I mean, yeah, yeah, Facebook lives or YouTube videos or whatever and convert them for clients to put on Pinterest. And I always hard code the subtitles so people can read it and get engaged with what is being said on the screen. I use a what lot. What do you use for that? Just so that people know, because I think a lot of people have different recommendations. Yeah. So I, so lately I've been using like headliner. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. It's a, it's a fun, easy thing to do. I've been really uh, start starting right now. I've been using Descript, 
which is a really cool tool for video editors and podcasters. Uh, it's crazy how awesome it is. So if you haven't checked that out, you need to. Um, so it, because it makes it really easy to export sections of video um, right into Premiere or whatever. And now with Premiere, being able to do that smart resizing for the different platforms, gosh, it saves you so much time. Oh yeah, that's brand new as of a couple yeah. of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. So I haven't played with it yet, actually. Now I'm going to write that down. Yeah, so, <laughs> play with that. so one of the things that's really cool, so with Descript, I go through and what it does is it actually makes a uh, transcript and it's pretty good, it's AI based and it's pretty decent. And so then that lets me go and pick the clips of like the live video that I think are snackable content that are really cool quotes that I can pull people in to watch the whole video or read the blog post or whatever. And then um, I can export that, that piece of uh, content, that video content r from that transcript right into um, Premiere or After Effects. And then I can actually export it with those titles and boom, I'm pretty much done and I can resize it, resize it for every platform. So it's really cool. So it's not really too dissimilar from what you would do on Facebook or Instagram necessarily because the psychology is the same. You have people right. that are scrolling through an algorithmic based feed and you need to stop them from scrolling. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. And so I like to, you know, one of the things I like to do is I try to either in that, that small little window of, you know, like you said, three to five seconds is I try to teach something, get them hooked so I can teach mm. them something. I can inspire something, try something new because people, on Pinterest are wanting that. They want to be inspired. They want to try things. DIY pins, kill it. Um, and you want to have that hook, like you said, right at the, the first first couple section, seconds. Um, and you also want to have a strong cover image. So just like YouTube kind of thumbnails, if they're scrolling through, mm. um, you want to make sure that that cover image is right. Um, when do you see that cover image? If it's, are these, they're auto playing. Yes. They are auto playing. Sometimes though, um, I've noticed that if there's like a lot of them, they'll freeze. And I'm not, I don't think they auto play on the desktop version. So, um, you know, partly that doesn't matter because yeah, a lot of people don't use a desktop, but it still makes sense to pick the best cover video, um, for it to show up in case it, you know, it's for some, I've had pins sometimes glitch out where they're not auto playing. I'm like, what's going on? And then, they will. So it's just, it's really important to have that. Cause I think it has to be like two thirds of it in the feed to start that. And so to start auto playing. So you want to make sure just to do a good cover image. That's just not a blank black screen. Cause I've made that mistake before, uh, like a fade in and I, it's like really fast, but at some reason it froze on that black screen, which wasn't good. So I had to go back and fix that. So, and you also want to optimize your, your copy that you have on your pin. So you want to have clear title. Mm. You want to have, you know, you don't want to keyword stuff your descriptions, but you want to have them, you know, I think you have 500 characters, but only the first couple show up in the, um, in the feed. And so, you know what, you want to play with that. You want to use hashtags. Um, it's not quite the same. You don't want to use as many as you would on Instagram, but so like if I'm pinning something about, you know, my blog, I always do like my branded hashtag, which is hashtag mainly Pinterest tips. And then I'll be something like, um, Instagram tips, hashtag social media, the, you know, hashtag Instagram tips, hashtag social media. And I'll, I use about three or four. It's not, you don't have to go crazy like you would on Instagram. How does the algorithm use these? I mean, are there, are there people that follow hashtags? How does that work? Yeah, you can. So if somebody clicks on mainly picture tips, it's going to pull up all those that are my branded hashtags. Um, so people do sometimes search for hashtags. 
Um, there's a real debate for a long time. I mean, Pinterest actually said not to use hashtags until about a year ago. And so mm-hmm. it's still kind of percolating through. There's people who do use it. New users tend to use it a little bit more. But um, I still think it's worth doing at the end just for SEO purposes. Hmm. Yeah, we should talk about the keywords and stuff afterwards. It's, it's, it's interesting. So what, is there anything specific that you do to get that click over? I mean, that's, that's kind of the difference, right? I mean, right. often with Facebook advertising, we are trying to get people to click. And but those are, that's direct response advertising very right. often. We're trying to actually, we're saying, click below, get my free stuff. You're actually talking about cutting up Facebook Lives and, and, right. and, and things like that. So I'm wondering if there's anything specific that you put in the copy or you do in the video so that people, so that you will get people off the platform so that they will leave and go to your website. So what I like to do for like the Facebook live ones. So I found that like two to three minutes um, is a kind of a nice length and usually a good question and an answer is about that length. So what I like to do is like for, for stuff for tailwind, I'll put, I have like a retro TV and I'll put the question in it. And then I'll do like a, a transition of like a static. So that's kind of eye-catching too. And then I'll go into the person answering that question. And so it gives them enough that, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about or this, this piece of content is interesting. They're answering a question. I'm going to click on it and watch the whole thing or go to the blog post. Um, one of the things just kind of general all over for Pinterest is you want to have a clear call to action. Um, one of the things that gets me, and, and it, I know it's from Instagram. I know it's their fault. Um, is that people like to use these scripty fonts that you can, they're trying to be so artsy and stuff. Um, you can re- barely read the text. And so, especially when you, they may look great on your, your big uh, iMac and have, you know, on Photoshop. When you scrunch that down into an iPhone, you can barely read that stuff. And Pinterest is smart enough now that it reads the text on your pins. So it's using that for SEO. And so there's even some examples mm. from Pinterest engineering blog where they're showing how it's reading the text and those scripty fonts are jacking it up. And so I just say, man, make it clear, a clear call to action, tell them what the post is about and, you know, really subtle branding. You don't want to have big branding and Pinterest at like business.pinterest.com has great examples of their best practices and what works. And you can also see what's working with when you're searching, what's coming up. As you know, if you're searching for, you have a client who's doing green smoothie recipes, see what's coming up. Why are people clicking on this? What's attractive about that image versus yours? Um, so that's kind of some best practices. The other thing is, and I, I was doing research for a, um, a company that was a, a clothing company. It was big. It was kind of like Macy's, kind of like one of those. And I actually was going to Macy's and Nordstrom's, their Pinterest account and looking at them. And I was noticing this really big difference. So I saw what was on their catalog, like on their website. And then I would see when it was on Pinterest. And for some reason on Pinterest, they were cutting off the head and the bottom and just showing the outfit. But on their catalog online and like on Instagram, they were showing the whole model. And I was like, what is going on? And I found out is they're doing that on purpose because people go to Pinterest and they want to see themselves in those clothes. They don't want to see somebody else's face. And so it's different on Instagram because Instagram is, you know, the selfie capital of the world. But on Pinterest, people are going there to be inspired. They don't want to be bothered by, you know, they want to imagine what they're going to look like in that dress or that suit or whatever. And so there's, so you can't just take stuff from, yeah, it really, it was amazing. And so you just can't take stuff from Instagram and plop it on there. You really need to think about, okay, what are people 
wanting to do on this platform? How can I really tailor my message to, you know, what they want to do? So, you know, like um, if you're selling, um, I don't know, if you're like a Home Depot or a, a local hardware store and you're selling, you know, fireplace bricks or something, you don't want to just say, hey, we've got, here's some bricks on sale, here's the price, whatever. You want to go, here's how you create a DIY fire pit. Here's the, here's how to do it. And you can use these bricks, you know, you want to do it that way. You want to tailor what they, what people are going to Pinterest for anyway, and then move your message into that. Mm. And what they're going to Pinterest for is you said inspiration. So this might be inspiration for certain things in their lives or certain things they want to do. And because a lot of this is, is because it's this search function. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, it's visual marketing. And you got the other thing about Pinterest is people are going there to buy. They may not buy right away, but they are going to buy. There's a more the people on Pinterest have a higher uh, have higher incomes they can spend on this kind of stuff, and they're going there and actually purchasing. And so, the cool thing we didn't really get into it because there's a whole thing called um, rich pins, which actually pulls data from your website and populates it with pins. So, like when since I'm a blogger, it actually takes it, and so it says you know it has a button on it, it says read now, where they can go read and read my article and it has a little bit of snippet from my website and it has the title and all that stuff. Well, you can do the same thing with product pins like on a Shopify store. Let's say you have all these, these great t-shirts you're trying to sell and you, you have the pricing and the pricing automatically shows up on Pinterest. Um, but if you have a sale, you know, this automatically updates. So it's automatically pulling the con. So you don't have to worry about having product out there that has the wrong price or is out of stock or any of that stuff because of this rich pin data that you can use on Pinterest. So there's a whole bunch of really cool stuff you can do there to sell on Pinterest. I mean, I can't wait to see the numbers from this just past Black Friday because they always kill it over on Pinterest with the the sales numbers. You have higher, I mean, it makes sense that there would be higher intent on Pinterest because it's a search-based platform, but it is interesting also to hear that it's just a more of a buyer-motivated platform. Yeah. Because we often talk about how on, on the other algorithmic based feeds, we're just coming at people trying to basically sell them on it. Whereas on Google, it, it, it may be more expensive, but at least they come with intent. Right. Maybe some folks should be looking at Pinterest for this. So yeah. when you're cutting up these live videos and you're putting them into these pins, you said that it, they should have a clear call to action. I'm just assuming that they're mostly value based. So what kind of value-based call, like go, go read the, so, so it would be a snippet of what you could learn if you did go to this blog post basically. Right. right. Or like, you know, um, how to, so like one of them was um, how to get to 10,000 likes on Instagram so you can swipe up. So you get the swipe up feature because everybody wants that. So having mm-hmm. something like that question, how do I get the 10,000 views on Instagram, you know, and then have the person telling that and then saying for more, go, you know, click here or click below or whatever. And that is getting them off for those, those types of like talking head kind of things. If you can make it more interesting and, you know, than just to talk, I'm just, that's what I was doing. But if you can make a, like a really cool motion graphic, um, I like a lot of these uh, video um, things like wave and promo, especially I really like their, um, cause they make really quick, like Instagram story kind of things. And you can have really, yeah, we cool- use wave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I always say like, I have pretty like advanced video editing skills and I still yeah. use wave for so much. And so I've been using promo a lot more just because I, one, their clips are funny. Um, they have some really good humorous things that I can steal. And yeah, re- I've seen their ads. I've been, yeah. I've been interested. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, and those I have found work really well for video pins because you can take those, have a call to action. One of the things that you want to, and this goes with the standard images as well as video pins is when people click on your pin to go to their, to your website, make sure there's not a disconnect. So like if I'm doing a, an image, I want to have like the image that's going to be land, they're going to land on or something similar that they can tell they didn't hit spam. So the same mm. way with video, you want to either embed that video or have the kind of the look and feel that you're having over on the Keep same Keep the title. scent, as yeah. we would say. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a great tip uh, because that's what I was going to ask. How do you have a call? Like when you're just slicing something out of a video, how do you actually get a call to action in there? Because it probably didn't happen organically in the moment. You're just putting right. this on afterwards. And you can, I assume you're putting it in the copy, right? Yeah, yeah. Put it in there. In there. And, and a lot of times they can... You know, um, they're even, I can't if it's video pins or not, I can't remember now, but there's a button to go that says, you know, visit now or whatever. Um, but what I do is for the video pins is I make sure that it's going to the same spot where they, they can tell it's the same look and feel. So I don't create a, a video that has a whole different color scheme or the title card is a different color. I match it to what I've got on the, on the website. A lot of times I'll either, I might even put up the, um, the, um, so like what I do for my blog posts is I'll actually put my blog image at the end of the video because it'll, Promo does a really cool thing where it does a wipe and brings up the title and then I can have my little image of my blog post so it matches. So they know that when they click on it, even with that skeleton video, which I didn't have a skeleton on my site, I put my little blog post image at the top so they knew that it was the same place where they landed. Hmm. These are, these are great tips. Um, it, it just makes me want to do it right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love zigging when everybody else is zagging. So I'm just thinking right now, how can I go all in on Pinterest, TikTok, and LinkedIn while everybody sits on Instagram and Facebook and like runs away, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, you know, it does take a while to get started, but just remember. And so the other thing is lately Pinterest. Some of it is the long tail game though, right? right. Yeah. And so Pinterest has said they really like fresh pins. So... Uh, so the stuff I do for like Kim Garst. So what she does, she has a blog post every week. Um, and her team creates five different images that, um, they look kind of the same, but they're not, they're different. You can tell they're specifically different. So we schedule those with tailwind. So, you know, might go out to this certain board one day and then next day it might go to another board. And, and so it's all scheduled. These are one of her boards, right? Yeah. Kim's so boards. I'm, yeah. I'm taking, I'm managing her account and, so we're pinning them, you know, all those different, those different pins are different, but we never know what's going to resonate with the audience. So once I find out what pin is doing the best, then I take that into what is called smart loop on Tailwind, which is like this automatic kind of evergreen scheduler. And I add it to that kind of queue. And then it'll just constantly throughout the year, pin that pin again uh, to mm. different boards. And so it'll be traffic. So once you start, and it's just showing up in people's yeah. home feeds. That's the play there. Yeah. So it's kind of like, like buffer, you know, how buffer has a queue where mm -hmm. you put stuff and it trickles it out the best times. Think of it kind of like that, but a lot more powerful that you can do with tailwind. And so that way I'm not, you know, on Pinterest all day, every day I can set up my queue, let it start going through and I can track what's doing well and then serve that back up. And also once I see what's really resonating with the audience, I can create other pins that are similar that point back to the same content. So you have all these different, you know, you know, funnels coming back to that one piece of content, which really can help drive traffic. Hmm. 
Mm, that's that's really interesting. So so are, are these images pins, or then you create these? So so when you say that her team creates images, they're creating pins, and then yeah, those pins creating, get directly pinned. Yeah. So they're 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 creating the pins, and they're taking them, and they're and putting With text together. and everything on them, and everything. Yeah. So we have the text, and we have all the description, and then the you know the the hashtags, and so. I've given them a list of the hashtags I think should work. And then we rotate stuff through and we're always testing things. And so, mm. but instead of going out and like, Oh crap, I got to create more content. You know, I've been trying just to go every week and create a new pin for a piece of content that works. And if you use Canva or I've been using easel, which is kind of a, a Canva alternative, um, you, you can really create those pretty fast um, and mix them up enough. And there's another piece of content that goes, and people could click on and, and go back to and see your content on your site. That's great. Yeah, I mean, when I was working at these big media companies, it was the secret that we never told anybody, you know, because we employed hundreds of people in our newsrooms. Uh, but when you drilled down on it, we found out that 50% or more of our traffic, both in video and in page views and everything, was coming from repurposed older content. Yeah. Not necessarily just the new stuff, even though we were desperately trying to create new stuff. If you can just find a way to recycle the old stuff with a different frame, you and can, you're, yeah. And it's funny what actually works. Cause I'm like, well, this, this is hideous. And it, some reason it resonated, you know, it's like when you do ads for Google or Facebook, you know, you do those multiple ones and see what works. And sometimes you're like, how in the world did people pick that? I was even embarrassed to put that up, but people like it for some reason. So you never know. So, so let's just break it down if you wanted to get started right away. So we've got this video. We know that we need to have a video that's nine by 16 or one by one, and it needs to have a hook and we should have some sort of call to action. People are expecting content on Pinterest, right? I mean, right. this is a place of value. Right. So there's not, I mean, a lot of hard selling is not going to do any good, right? People want value in their pins, right? The other thing is um, Pinterest is one of the only, I think the only platform that people don't get mad at brands. They like brands. They don't have any problems with brands posting stuff. So, you know, like you'll see Home Depot, you'll see Lowe's, but they're always, they're always creating value. Uh, and, right, or, there's value. It's well, a DIY yeah. tip, right? Like here's how to roof something. Or, or here's right. our new paint uh, palette. You know, what do you guys, you know, you know here's, here's the new blues from Home Depot or whatever. And people are like, oh, I want that. For, I'm going to put that in my bedroom. I really like that color blue. And so, I mean, there's so much stuff with Pinterest. So Lynn. interesting. Yeah, Pinterest lens now. People could take a picture of somebody out in the wild with their shoes and Pinterest will serve that up. All the pins that have that type of shoe in it and you could purchase right from there. So it's getting crazy how cool some of the stuff is over on Pinterest. So if I've, I've, I've got this video, I'm trying to make it shortish. So two to three minutes, but I'm assuming it could be much shorter to be effective, but you said short is better. And so the description and the copy. So the copy, it's clear. There's a headline probably of some sorts that's teasy, but then there's also a clear call to action in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what are we doing with that? And what about, because I know that there has been different circles of thought about, should I be stuffing keywords in here? So this is really discoverable. Yeah, all don't, this stuff. Where do you fall on that? You want to have it natural, but use your keywords. So everybody knows what keyword stuffing looks like. It's just blatantly like you're trying to spam Pinterest, and Pinterest knows that, and it's not going to help. So just make it natural. You know, if you're talking about chicken, a chicken recipe, you know, have chicken in there. Talk about the recipe. You know, I mean, you, and these you, go in the copy, like 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 on Instagram with hashtags, like you yeah, do it, it goes later on in the copy. Yeah. So you have a description though now they're testing right now, taking that all away. And so there's kind of like, are they still going to use it for 
you know, for the algorithm mm. happen. And so there's this, it's kind of in a flux right now, but yes, continue to do that because they haven't told us that it's not going to be important. And so it doesn't take that long a time. Like a lot of times I found like when I'm working for clients, a lot of times the last paragraph of their blog post, it's kind of the wrap up kind of summary statement that can work really well as a Pinterest description. And the title is usually the same title that's going to be on your blog post. So like mine was eight things to stop doing on Pinterest that has a, you know, kind of a clicky headline. So you don't want to be spammy, but you, you know, you also want to think about, you want to give people what, you know, it, it's actually about. So how, how many keywords do you recommend that we have and how do we find them? How do we do that research? So the best way to start, I, and there's not really a limit. I mean, there's not really a best practice for that. I mean, you just want to make it natural, you know, with the keywords in it. It's kind of best practices like you would do on Google or something else. But the best way I found is to search, do that, that, um, autocomplete, autocomplete thing and let it kind of help you figure out what it needs to be. Do they have those tools yet? Those third party tools yet for keyword research on Pinterest? They, I haven't seen any that I interest. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would, it's, to be honest, I would use a lot of some of the Google's to Google tools that they have for Google ads and stuff like that, because it, I think it'd probably be similar to what people mm -hmm. are searching for, you know, and, but looking like go drill down in some interests that make sense for your, your, your pin and see what's going on, see what other people are doing. And, you know, don't, don't copy and paste, but like, okay, I can, I can tailor my stuff to, to work in that kind of category. Yeah. And some of these long tail keywords could certainly deliver really well over time within specific niches. So definitely makes sense to use those autocomplete features for sure. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Jeff. This has been amazing. I want to get started right now. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I, I just, I just want to, I, I, I think what's interesting is, is um, one of the things that I'm wondering is how much time people spend on Pinterest. Uh, you know, a, a lot of times people serve up content on LinkedIn, for example, but they'll only like, they'll, they'll, they'll be there and then they'll go off for three days and then they'll come back. Pinterest is probably more consistent, but I feel like at the end of the day, I'm sort of still getting the vibe that you need to get these people back to your website, but Pinterest is a really good place to do that. Yeah. And, and remember Pinterest, like I said, is a long, long term. So especially if you're selling product, they may be pinning your, you know, saving your pins, but they're not ready to buy yet. So they're like, Oh, this would be great for dad's birthday. And so there's a, there is a longer kind of conversion cycle but it's, it's a lot better than anything else out there. So it's, it, it, it makes sense to do. And so, and also like, like we talked, we touched a little bit about it, but seasonality, like, you know, I would say like whatever they're doing in Walmart back up like two months. And then that's when you should start pinning that kind of content. Like, so Christmas is over. That's, I mean, there's, it's just, you, you should have started pinning Christmas stuff two months ago because it's now why is that just because you won't surface or yeah, it's just you want, it, this you want it to surface, there's a longer term for it there's a, a longer type thing for it um you know New Year's is pretty much over too so I mean so you really you'll see stuff's happening like way ahead of uh what kind of you think is supposed to to work so it's, it's very seasonal and stuff will will cycle like uh, my friend Peg Fitzpatrick she has this cupcake recipe that at the same time every year just goes viral every year. It's just because of the way the algorithm works and it's been out there for so long. And it's, it's the same yeah. content. Yeah. Just every year thing. it just sort it, of, yeah, it's the exact same pin. It just always every year goes crazy. So 
you just that's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's it's very similar to sometimes how things work on YouTube as well. I mean, right. it's it's very interesting. I, I remember I always talk. It's funny before I even got into the video game. Actually, I told you before this that I taught myself After Effects to get my right. first job in video, and I taught myself After Effects by creating a video on how to uh, on how to run your fantasy football team, like the basics of fantasy football. And I just posted it up on my personal channel because I just wanted to share it around with people. Right. And that video has probably three or 400,000 views. I don't need, it's not even on my main channel. It just sits there. I'm not even doing anything with it. But around August every year, the comments just start flooding in. And this video was made seven years ago and it was very basic. So this is a good sort of video tool for all these search-based platforms. It's just good to know that it's not dead. It's not as ephemeral as you think. I mean, it can have a longer shelf life. And I would get started on video pins now because it's still kind of ground floor. These are really, really new. And so there's not a lot of competition on this. Is right Pinterest now. pushing them? Or are they? Yeah, they are. So in spe spe okay. uh, specifically on mobile, like if you do a search, the videos will be at the very, very top, which is where you. Mm. And so I don't know how long that's going to last, but right now they're all at the top. So when you, if you search like how to build a fire pit, those videos are going to be at the very top of Pinterest for you to click on. And I would assume it would be a good idea to start doing some, I, I always recommend this on YouTube, do your keyword research first, make your videos second. You can do right. something similar on Pinterest so that you can show up. Right. And there's not as much competition. Exactly. Jeff, this has been great. Thank you so much. Where can we oh, learn more about you? Yeah, you find me. I'm all across the interwebs at Jeff. Last name is spelled S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. And, um, yeah, so I'm manlypinterestips.com, and you can find me there. So appreciate you having me on today, Matt. Thank you so much, Jeff. I, I, uh, Pinterest video is something I've never actually had a conversation about before, and I bet you there are not many conversations going on about it. Not so. yet. <laughs> it'll, it'll happen, though, because I think it's going to be a – they're pushing it really hard, and so, you know, just like every other platform with video. So it's a great place to put some, uh, some of your content. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a matter of time. And I will note, I've seen some pretty low CPMs on the ad side as well, if anyone wants to try that out. Who knows how long it'll last, but for now, it can be cheap to reach people there as well. Jeff, thank you so much. Um, this, it, it, was, it, was, it was great talking with you today. Everybody, thank you so much for being here. If you got value from the show, I hope you did. It really helps us if you leave a review. And I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you so much.